What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Lakers Outsiders podcast slash stream <laughs> brought to you by UCAS Studios. I'm your host, Gary Kester, here with you as always. And joining me as always is Hani Amadian. Hani, uh, it's been a little bit since we did one of these things, but I'm I'm really excited to get going. The season's right around the corner. We got, I think, a preseason game in like less than a week. Uh, so Lakers basketball is damn near back. Yeah, it uh, feels great that it's coming up in like, you know, two weeks after the season ended. Uh, feels great that the Lakers extended their two stars and we also got extended to uh, doing another podcast. Yeah, uh, <laughs> totally fair comparison there. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, guys, as always, before I dive into kind of what this pod is going to be about, as always, we do these live when we record them on Facebook Live, on YouTube, and on twitch.tv slash Lakers Outsiders, if you would like to support the the podcast, the stream, uh, the site in general, you can subscribe to us on Twitch. There's different tiers that you can subscribe to us there. Uh, anything helps. So um, if you want to help, that's probably the best way to do it. Uh, you can subscribe to us there. But if you want, you can just follow us there on Twitch as well. You can subscribe for free on YouTube and follow us and, and like us on Facebook as well. Uh, you can follow Hani on Twitter uh, at H-O-N-I-A-H-M. And then me just at Gary Kester. Um, yeah, I think that's it for the plug. <laughs> I, I, that feels really short. I feel like it goes a lot longer than that. But, uh, of course, you can get everything up on LakersOutsiders.com. we got a great cast, uh, great cast and crew over there of, of some awesome people getting you uh, Lakers content every single day. So uh, support the site, support those people, and, uh, yeah. All right, in this stream today, we are going to talk about the makeup of the Lakers roster Heading into training camp, the roster is basically finalized. I don't know if we'll even see, and we might see some training camp invites and stuff like that, but basically what we see now is what we're going to get until maybe buyout season, trade season, all that stuff. So uh, we're going to talk about that today, the makeup of the roster, and any potential concerns that we have with this team personnel-wise going into the 2020-2021 NBA season where the Lakers, your defending NBA champion Los Angeles Lakers, look to defend their crown and go back to back. Man, I feel I can't believe it's been what, 11 years since we were able to actually say that where they're trying to go back to back. That's yeah. way too long, but damn it feels good. It feels, it good. feels great. <laughs> it feels great to remind everybody since people keep forgetting that the Los Angeles Lakers are the defending champs. And people forget that the Clippers blew a 3-1 lead to the Denver Nuggets. That's right. That's right. They do forget that. <laughs> All right. I'm going to read off the Lakers roster um, based off the team's official site. So it's going to be probably in a weird, uh, <laughs> kind of a weird order. So this is based on the Lakers uh, official site, but the roster is as follows right now. This includes the two-way guys and, and things like that. Uh, so, so far they've cost us a Tenacumpo, Devontae Kaycock, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Alex Caruso, Quinn Cook, who was recently re-signed. Congrats to Quinn Cook. Uh, Anthony Davis, who will be a Laker for at least the next four years, maybe five years, just in case people forgot that as well. Uh, Jared Dudley is back. Mark Gasol is a new addition. Montrez Harrell, a new addition. Taylor Horton Tucker, our, our baby goat, is back and going to continue to develop into a, a full, like fully mature goat and is going to be <laughs> the crown jewel of the league before too long. And speaking of crown jewel of the league, we have LeBron James, of course, who also recently signed a contract extension and will be a Laker for at least the next three seasons. Uh, Kyle Kuzma is back. Wesley Matthews, a new addition. Alfonso McKinney, who was brought over in a trade with the Cleveland Cavaliers, is on the roster. Markeith Morris is back. And, of course, the trade for Dennis Schroeder brought him over from OKC. That rounds out the Lakers roster as of right now. Hani, what is your initial reaction to this roster? Obviously, they're very, very talented on paper. How do you see all these pieces kind of fitting together? Yeah, I mean, uh, from a talent perspective, I think it's hard to argue that uh, this team didn't get better. Um, I, I think last year, one of the main concerns for the Lakers obviously was you know, how they performed when LeBron was ever on the bench. The, you know, the bench lineups were not always, um, you know, uh, keeping up leads or, or coming back into games. Uh, I think that got better as the season went, went along. And, and in the playoffs, I think, you know, the playoff rotation was solid for the most part. But this year, I think when you're looking at, you know, the first 10 players on this roster, you're looking at some really solid NBA guys. Like, they are all legit players who can contribute – um, usually in more than one way, 
you know, they all have uh, some some level of uh, versatility and, and production that they can offer to the Lakers. Um, from a fit perspective, there's some questions. Uh, I think until we really see them play together, it, it's hard to say definitively that they're going to be better than last year's team because, I mean, genuinely, last year's team was really, really effing good. They were, you know, a top team all regular season long, and in the playoffs, they dominated. You know, losing only five times uh, in a championship run is is insane. You know, it doesn't happen very often. So uh, it's not really a slight to these guys, that, these new guys, to say that they might not be as good as last year's team. Um, I, I'm optimistic, though, because of, you know, what I said with the talent upgrades and, and the sort of uh, dynamic abilities that a guy like Dennis Schroeder or Montrose Harrell or, or Marcus Gasol brings to this team. Um, and they're all sort of things that the Lakers didn't have last year uh, for the most part. So uh, I'm just really looking forward to seeing how Frank Vogel gets the best out of these guys, how LeBron kind of, uh, you know, LeBron is obviously known for always getting the best out of his teammates. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how he meshes with these guys. Uh, they're, they're very unique players in a lot of ways. Um, especially Marcus Hall and, and Traz, in my opinion. Um, so I'll, I'll be really interested to see how they how they incorporate all these guys, you know, with a pretty short training camp, not a lot of preseason games, and then going into a short season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's definitely some concerns with just the the circumstances around the season that the team really has no control over, like the short off season, the the pandemic still going on, all that stuff, um, and and all the. The protocols around the league with with testing, travel, all that stuff. The schedule is going to be very funky this year. You know, you're going to play some basically teams like back to back in their their own arena uh, twice to basically just knock them out while you're there, and then come back mm-hmm. home or something like that. So uh, there's a lot of a lot of circumstances that are obviously things that the team can't control, but they're also things that could play a role in this season. Um, but as term in terms of on paper with this roster, I think offensively they're better than they were last year which is pretty significant because I think as talented as this team was offensively last year there were times where they kind of went through some some offensive lulls whether it was LeBron on the on the bench or or you know whatever it was um, because LeBron was a big bulk of the playmaking right so when he went out Obviously, Rondo during the regular season was not good, but during the playoffs was much better. Um, but during the regular season, the the playmaking was it kind of you know came and went a little bit when LeBron wasn't on the floor. I don't think they'll have as many problems with that this time around with the with the players that they have. I think Schroeder is going to be a big big help in in that regard. I think they've got some other guys that can you know knock down shots and and things like that. And I I really like some of the combinations that they can do lineup wise. And we'll talk about that in a second. But um, on paper, I think offensively, this team should be better than they were last year, which is very, very exciting because I think they can beat you in a number of different ways. Um, and, Hani, I think you tweeted it out a, a little while back, but basically kind of looking at some of the personnel that they had last year and basically what they replaced those players with. Um, and you look at, like, JaVale McGee, Danny Green, um, Avery Bradley, you know, some of these guys that they replaced them with, replacing some of those guys with, like, Mark Gasol, with Wesley Matthews, with Dennis Schroeder, with Montrez Harrell. Those are big upgrades in, in some of those those respects. And, you know, that's I, I, I don't mean that as a slight to the other guys or anything like that, but I think just in terms of talent on paper, uh, the Lakers definitely upgraded this roster. And I, I'm really pleased with that because one of my – biggest pet peeves with with like title contenders is teams that get content with their current roster and effectively shorten their window by just being content and not being aggressive to improve their roster and um one of the things that i really like about this roster is they got younger right i think they yeah. got better and they got younger you look at guys like schroeder and and, and harrell uh you know impact players that aren't past their prime you know like a mark gasol mark gasol is, is going to be, I think, very good for this roster. I think he's going to be a very good fit on this team on both ends of the floor. But he is, you know, obviously past his prime and kind of starting to decline and all that stuff. Um, but you don't get that with some of these other these other additions that they got. This team got a little bit younger because that was one of my concerns with last year's team was that, okay, they got a lot of experience on this team. There's a ton of veterans, but they are a little bit older. So speed-wise, yeah. you know, that, that could be a problem. It wasn't a problem, luckily. This team, I think, shouldn't have any issue going either going big 
or going smaller and going faster. They've got a number of guys that can do both, but they can mix and match the lineups. I I just think that this lineup uh, or this roster is really, really good from top to bottom. Um, The question to me, I think, will be, can they be as good defensively? Because last year's team just had a gear that nobody else did. Uh, there were other really good defensive teams in the league. Miami was very good defensively. Boston, uh, the Clippers were very good defensively. The Lakers, man, the game, the perfect game, I think that was an encapsulation of how good they were defensively and just the gear that they could hit overall as a team that nobody else could was game six against Miami. The, the title clincher was, you know, Miami, I don't know if they were just out of gas or running on fumes, but that was kind of the, the thing with the Lakers, right, is that they were so deep that – they could outlast you and they had more in the tank than you did. And when they hit that gear, they were just unstoppable. So I'm curious to see what this team can do defensively. Luckily, I think they've got a great coaching staff to teach defensive concepts and, and they'll be fine scheme wise defensively. Um, not to mention you've got Mark Gasol and Anthony Davis back there um, to yeah. as insurance protecting the rim. But um that's only really my main question for the roster, I think, as a whole, is can they hit that same level defensively at that team uh, that we saw last year? Yeah, it's definitely a different sort of defense, uh, I think. So, you know, last year they it was all about really the bigs and, and protecting the paint. They still obviously have Anthony Davis, who is arguably, uh, you know, the best in the league at that. But they lost JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard, who – we're not always solid defensively. Their positioning wasn't always great. You know, Dwight uh, has lost a lot of quickness at this point in his career. JaVale is uh, sometimes slow-footed as well, but they usually uh, were able to kind of make up with that with just their their shot-blocking instincts and, and their their athletic ability. Uh, this year, they still have AD for that, but after that, it's that you know they, they don't really have that rim protector. Mark Gasol is still a great defender, um, and you can look at some of the advanced data last year, and, and he was – still one of the greatest uh you know defensive big men in the league but he's not somebody that's going to just meet you at the rim and block your shot very often Montrez harrell um obviously struggled defensively especially in the playoffs part of that was you know you can argue whether that's playing out of position um as kind of a center and, and going against a guy like nikola Jokic, where he's giving up a lot of size but regardless of that you know he, he doesn't really have uh the size of a center uh where he he can really meet you at the rim either even though he is quite athletic um, so being able to kind of shape uh, or, or really shift how their defense works where they're not necessarily funneling guys just to their rim, uh, rim protectors all the time um, and also being able to hide potentially multiple poor defensive defensive players if, if Shooter and Harrell are on the court together, which we expect them to be because of that pick and roll partnership. Um, that's going to be the challenge for Frank Vogel, especially of how you get the best out of those guys um, and, and you really use their offensive ability without uh, letting them be liabilities defensively. You know, this team won won the title on the back of their defense. Their offense got better as the season went along, and it was great by the end of the year. But, the, you know, everything clicked when, when their defense was clicking. And if the defense didn't click, then it wasn't nearly as good of a team. So uh, being able to still continue that and really use – a one-center-generation player like Anthony Davis defensively and, and still be able to use him to his biggest strengths while uh, limiting the liabilities that they have on the roster, that's going to be – that's Frank Vogel's job, and that's why they hired him because he's you know, one of the better defensive coaches in the league. Right, and defense is always going to be important. I mean, <clears throat> I think just about any team that, that goes deep into the playoffs and, and wins is going to be a, at least a good defensive team, if not – an elite defensive team. And I think when you look at last year, just off the top of my head, like the, the final eight teams in the, in the playoffs, all four teams in the East were good defensive teams. You had the Bucks, you had the Heat, you had the Celtics and the Raptors, all good defensive teams. Uh, and then in the West, you had the Lakers, uh, Rockets, Nuggets, and, and Clippers. I don't know if I would consider the Rockets and Nuggets like very good defensive teams. They were really good offensive teams. Um, but they also fell in five games to the Lakers, so who were a very good defensive team. Uh, the Clippers were very good defensively, but not good enough to preserve a 3-1 lead against the Nuggets, apparently. But um, <laughs> <laughs> defense is going to be very important. I, I, I trust Frank Vogel. I trust the coaching staff to, to really uh, – shape this team into a good defensive team and I think they still have you know a lot of personnel to to believe in this this team defensively I think 
I was thinking about this the other day, actually, and th- this is kind of going off tangent a little bit, but uh, I think Kyle Kuzma is going to be an X factor for this team defensively this year um, because the way we kind of saw him in the bubble, right? He, you know, still struggled to shoot the ball, um, which is is frustrating. You know, I'm I'm far from like a a Kuzma stand or anything like that. But if he can continue to improve defensively and play defense like we definitely saw him play at times in the bubble, um, especially in that game against the Clippers, you know, guarded Kawhi extremely well when he got matched up with him. If we can see more of that from Kyle Kuzma this year, I think that is going to do a lot for this team defensively going forward. I would like to see them. And keep in mind, the Lakers do still have an open roster spot. I I would assume that they are – Keeping for buyout season when the trade deadline rolls around, I think it's in March this year, um, that they can they can fit somebody in there, um, especially because I think the at that point it would be a prorated salary, which would fit under the, the apron, which the Lakers would have to uh, fit a player in there under because they're kind of right up against it cap-wise. But um, I wouldn't be, wouldn't be shocked at all to see the Lakers add another big, um, one that can give you similar elements that JaVale and that, that Dwight could give you last year, just a rim-protecting athletic big guy um, that can meet guys at the rim and, and alter shots um, because that's uh, kind of one thing that they don't have an abundance of this year that they did last year is that all three of those big guys are athletic, they're long, they can meet you at the rim mm-hmm. and, and change a lot of shots in the paint. But, um, yeah, I, I think Kuzma is going to be a big X factor for this team this year. If he can – and I don't think, you know, you can really pigeonhole him as just a 3 and D guy because I think he can do more than that offensively. I think he can be a three-level scorer and, and give you some of that playmaking off the bench that this, this team will probably uh, utilize. Um, but I think he's going to be kind of an X factor for this team this year. And he is in a contract year, so maybe, uh, you know, maybe we'll see him uh, bust loose a little bit trying to get a nice little contract extension. Yeah, uh, and, and get some more of that Street Street Puma movie. Um, uh, Puma money. I don't know why I said movie. Just <laughs> thinking about the ad. Um, I, I will say also, you know, you talked about uh, a potential weakness for this team, or at least uh, a, a change from last year being the lack of rim protectors. Um, I would also say that they, they don't really have, it's kind of the same as last year, they don't really have um, big defenders on the wings. You know, they have, uh, you know, LeBron for that, but. Obviously, you don't want to use them there excessively during the regular season because you're you're saving his body. And then after that, it's like Wesley Matthews. He's a you know at least shorter. So a, a guy like Kawhi, for example, you know we saw what he did to KCP, who was a good defender last year, uh, especially like opening night uh, where he just went at him and, and, and scored over him every single time, basically because of that size difference. KCP um, was just so setting him up for the playoff series <laughs> that never happened. He was just setting him up. That's all he was doing. Exactly. He was buttering him up. Um, <laughs> so so having, you know, a bigger guy in Kuzma, at least lengthwise, and, and you know, straight up his height to contest those kinds of shots, you know, we're expecting the Clippers to be good, just like we did last year. Um, obviously, they didn't end up playing against each other, but, you know, there's a good chance that they play against each other, and that's a team that has two all NBA level wings and need to have uh, guys who can who can match up against them. And Kuzma can really continue developing on the defensive end. He was hot and cold last year with it, uh, especially even in the bubble. Uh, but he really showed big, big strides. And he's already talked about kind of continuing to do that at media day a couple of days ago. Um, and that's great to hear because if he does that, that's a, a legitimately a really, really huge asset for this team because if there's one thing that I look at on this roster that they're lacking, it's, it's that. Yeah. <laughs> and we can, we'll, we'll circle back to kind of like our projected starting lineups and stuff like that. Uh, Cause I did want to talk about these, these concerns that we might have with the roster and keep in mind for me personally, I don't know how honey ex- exactly feels about it, but like with these concerns, roster wise, personnel wise, to me, they're fairly minor. Uh, I think this team yeah. can definitely work around a lot of this stuff, but there are, you know, some, some flaws a little bit with this roster. Not, I guess not flaws, but just some some concerns, some potential uh, concerns with this roster. And I, I, so we've touched really on two, right, where they don't have really that third center. I don't know, maybe Devontae Kaycock is a guy that the Lakers really believe in who can be kind of that insurance third center off, off of the bench. They could also put Montrezl Harrell there if they, if they want. Uh, Markeith Morris, like I said, 
they can go a little bit smaller. Those guys, all three of those guys don't have traditional center size. I mean, they're all about six, eight and under. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's basically two like seven footers or close to seven footers on this roster, right? With, with AD and, and Mark Gasol. So you don't have that same luxury last year that you did with the three big guys. Plus you had LeBron, plus you had Markeith Morris. You had all these, all this size everywhere. And the Lakers, last year were just bigger, faster, and stronger than just about any team that they went up against. And you saw that in the playoffs. They just absolutely bludgeoned teams with their physicality, and it was just beautiful to watch. But um, this year's team might not have that to the same extent because they don't have all that beef in the middle like we saw last year. They still have definitely some big guys, like AD and and Mark Gasol is a really good uh, like two-man like power forward center combo. Um, and then you've got guys like LeBron that can play the four, Kuzma can play the four, Markeith Morris, Montrez Harrell. So they're definitely not small by any means, but they're not exactly deep at that center position. Um, and yeah. they might have to play a little bit smaller and faster, I think, more often this year, which I think is fine because a lot of teams still do that. Um, but there are going to be some matchups where maybe that lack of depth um, in terms of seven-footers uh, could make things a little more difficult on them. Um, and then the big wing thing, uh, that was one, one thing I was going to bring up. I mean, that's kind of why I thought uh, Kuzma is going to be such an X factor for this team because in terms of the makeup of the roster, there is kind of that similarity from last year's team where going in we thought, okay, you know, they've got Danny Green. That's that's good. Danny Green, LeBron on the wings. Pretty good size there, right? After that, it was kind of like, okay, well, you kind of have Kuzma, but we didn't know really is Kuzma a three or a four KCP is yeah. 6'4 and not like overly big at the two guard spot. Um, where KCP, I think, is better suited guarding like point guards and, and those those guards on the perimeter rather than a guy like a Kawhi Leonard or a Paul George, um, th- those bigger wings. Um, so that is a concern, but I think if Kyle Kuzma plays well defensively this year and he's a little more consistent on that end, Wesley Matthews, I think, can guard wings. Um, like you said, he is a little bit smaller, so some guys like maybe Kawhi Leonard could shoot over the top of him. But he's also a very strong six four, right? Yeah. Like that guy is yeah. is really built, and I think he was he was the main guy that guarded Giannis Antetokounmpo in in that playoff series with them. Obviously, Giannis got hurt in that series, but um, he definitely made Giannis work for a lot of stuff. And uh, you know, I, I believe in Wesley Matthews' defense still. Um, so it is a minor concern, but I think that they can work around it and they can just kind of mix and match lineups and stuff and potentially make teams. I think one thing that they can do la- uh, this year that they also did last year was they can do so many different lineup combinations where they make teams adjust to them rather than the Lakers adjusting to the other teams. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they really were able to impose their will uh even when they did make adjustments for other teams, I think so that, you know, they were always able to kind of shift into different forms of this team, whether it was just the, the huge lineups with AD and another center, or if it was a lineup with AD at center, or even lineups with somebody like Markeith Morris at center at times, uh, working pretty well against the, the Houston Rockets, especially. So, um, I, I do have a lot of faith in the team's versatility. Uh, I think that's still pretty, pretty much the same as it was last year. And I do have a lot of faith in this coaching staff after the postseason run that they had that they would be able to, um, you know, throughout the course of the regular season, it might be bumpy at first because, you know, you're adding adding some significant pieces. But uh, throughout the course of the regular season, I think they would be able to figure out the most optimal uh, ways to get the most out of these guys. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I Frank Vogel has has given me full faith full faith in his his coaching abilities and and his coaching staff I think did a great job and you saw guys improve over the course of the season uh, for the most part you know some players obviously didn't but uh, some guys just got better the chemistry got better it was funny I was actually watching a video of uh, Danny Green's opening night against uh, the Clippers where he had 28 points and uh, we never really oh, yeah. saw that that version again but. Uh, but it's just funny to look at that team on opening night and see how different they were in the bubble, right? Like that team just continued to evolve and just get better and stronger and really um, iron out those kinks. And they were just uh, so much better over the course of the season. And that's a testament to good coaching, I think. Uh, good coaching and, and good chemistry, good locker room, all that stuff. And 
I think that's that's going to be another strong suit of this team. I think the chemistry is going to be really good. I think you've got guys that are going to be very motivated. Uh, obviously, Schroeder, Montrez Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, guys like that are in contract years. A lot of these guys are playing for their next contract, basically. Um, but I think Harrell especially, I think, is going to be extremely motivated after – uh, yeah. I feel like he's kind of been dragged through the mud by a lot of Clipper fans and maybe some Clipper media, uh, basically, on how that season ended for them. And I think that was a tough situation for him to be in. And I think he was very unhappy there. And it sounds like he's pretty happy to be with the Lakers. And I think he's going to be a great fit for, for the team. But one other minor concern that I have with this team is I think there's going to be some nights where the three-point shooting might not be great. Um, not to say that this is going to be a poor shooting team by any means, but a lot of the guys that are going to be in the rotation, I think, are respectable shooters that will give the team adequate spacing to operate. And guys like LeBron and AD are going to be very happy with that, and they'll have a lot of room to operate. And they'll be guys that they can trust to, to give the ball to with open threes and stuff like that. But a lot of the guys, I think, are streakier shooters more so than knockdown shooters. Um, Dennis Schroeder shot the ball very well last year, but it's also kind of one year. Um, overall, yeah. he's been mostly pretty streaky. Wesley Matthews shooting a little up and down, but usually fairly reliable. I mean, LeBron's three comes and goes. AD's three comes and goes. A lot, a lot of those guys, basically, their their threes kind of come and go. KCP, obviously, uh, is probably the most reliable three-point shooter, I think, on the on the roster right now, If he, especially if he continues his, his – based off of his playoff run, please leave that guy open and he will continue to knock him down. So um, that's another minor concern for me is I think the three-point shooting is going to be a little up and down. There's going to be nights where it's great and there's going to be nights where it's not great. But I do think that the team has the personnel to overcome poor three-point shooting nights where they can still beat teams inside, getting to the rim, getting shots around the basket. And and enough guys that are three-level scorers um, that they can score in different ways and not have to rely just on three-pointers. Yeah, and I think we kind of saw that last year where, uh, you know, they weren't a team that shot a lot of threes all regular season and then the playoffs came and they were kind of forced into just bombing away from from deep because teams were really packing the paint against LeBron and AD. And at times it worked. A lot of their losses were because of that. Um, but I think this year, yeah, they, they do have some streaky shooters, but I, I'm a lot more confident going into this year that they have the personnel to really make teams pay if, if they do keep uh, trying to pack the paint against LeBron and AD, which I think they will do because that seems to be the best way to guard LeBron, especially seems to be the better way to guard AD as well. But now they got really uh, out of the other role players, out of the other, say, eight role players uh, in the rotation, Trez is the only guy that doesn't shoot threes and the rest of them are all decent. You know, like Caruso might be the next worst one. Uh, Caruso shooting, three point shooting 69% from the three-point line this year. <laughs> Bold prediction. I, I believe it. I'm not even going to bet against you. That's, that's 100% a fact that is happening. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel a lot better about their, their three-point shooting, even though I do I, – I understand the kind of concerns about, you know, some nights they, they're, they're not going to have it um, just because that's that's kind of how it goes and, and some of these guys are streaky. But I feel a lot more comfortable about that this year than I did last year. Yeah, no, I, I do too because, I mean, <clears throat> you looked at some of the guys that they were relying on. I mean, going into last season, we didn't really know what we were going to have with KCP, and I think this year there's the, the confidence in him should be fully at 100%. Like, I, I yeah. think, you know, he's he's a guy that if you leave open, you can trust that he's going to knock down shots um, and he's going to play good defense and just f- fill his role the way that you need him to. Uh, he was really, really good in that playoff run. So, um yeah, but I mean, we're relying on you know some guys like Avery Bradley, who did have some some nights where he was very good from three. Uh, that last uh, Clipper game, uh, or that game against Clippers right before the league shut down, um, he was really good from the three point line. But like I said, you know, it, it's a similar kind of thing last with last year. That it's it's probably going to come and go a little bit, but not to say it's a huge concern. But I just think. Laker fans would be wise to expect some nights where the three-point shot is not dropping at a high clip, yeah. but this team can score in a number of different ways, and I think that they'll be just fine um, yeah. manufacturing points in other ways. So that's all I have for concerns about this roster. Basically, I mean, in terms of personnel, um, obviously there's – we mentioned at the start there's going to be some things like the short 
offseason turnaround, getting these guys enough rest and, and load managing and, and keeping the team healthy that the team's going to have to work through. But a lot of teams are going to have to deal with that as well. I mean, maybe not the teams that have gotten bas- basically been off since March. Um, yeah. But, you know, there, there's a handful of other teams that are going to deal with similar type issues. So uh, I think this team is deep enough that they can kind of work around it. And, and the regular season won't be as important for this team because I think – Whatever seed they are in the playoffs, they can beat anybody that they go up against four times out of seven fairly easily if they, if they play their best basketball. So I'm, I'm not yeah. overly concerned about it. I just want the team to stay healthy, go into the playoffs healthy, kind of like last year, and then I'll trust that they can beat anybody they match up against. So, Yeah, health is 100% the biggest thing. Uh, I think this team is going to have a lot of faith in, in what they built last year and being able to just incorporate some new guys into it that I'm – like you said, I'm not really con- concerned about wins. Last year, I think, even though we expected them not to be great in the regular season, I think it was sort of important for them to kind of come out and, and, for the most part, dominate the Western Conference um, and, and really get a bunch of wins, not really ever lose to bad teams and, and do uh, quite well against good teams as well and, and have a good record. Just because it kind of gave them confidence going into the playoffs that, yeah, we're, we're a good enough team to beat anybody. This year, I think they already have that belief. It's just a matter of staying healthy, building some chemistry with the new guys, and, and getting into a good rhythm once the playoffs start. And hopefully the travel arrangements will kind of help out in that regard. Yeah. Like where you're, I think, was it San Antonio? I can't remember. I was looking at kind of the first half of the schedule and everything and noticing like a back-to-back or back-to-back games like at San Antonio or whatever where you play them in yeah. their place twice. Like not having to go like from L.A. to San Antonio, back to L.A., and then, you know, wherever. Um like one thing, yeah. I, one one trip I always remember from a couple of years ago was like the Lakers basically traveled down to New Orleans and went up to Minnesota and then came back down to Memphis to play against the Grizzlies. <laughs> like it's just the the travel usually doesn't make sense to me with the NBA. They make it very very strange, which I guess that you know I get that they have to kind of operate around stuff like other events at the venues and stuff like that. But uh, I think maybe the travel this year could, could help them out a lot. So um, fingers crossed. I'm just a little salt. I'm just a little salty that for whatever reason, we still have a Grammy trip. (laughs) Right. I did notice that. Do they need staples? (laughs) (laughs) I I did notice that was like, really? Like we just couldn't cut that out or break that up a little bit, but Hey, we believe, right. The the league is obviously out to get the Lakers and they don't want them to win again. So we believe 2.0 we're back. That's exactly right. Underdog, Nobody believes in us. Underdog Lakers, baby. <laughs> the most disrespected NBA champion of all time. <laughs> That's right. Don't forget it. Um, all right, let's go. Let's circle back to kind of the roster. I want to talk about who we think should start for this team. I have a feeling what will be kind of in line on this, but uh, we we've seen some stuff kind of in the news recently with with Dennis Schroeder reportedly like being promised a starting spot and thinking that he's going to start and stuff like that. Frank Vogel basically came out and said that hasn't been decided yet, and it sounds like there's just going to be. I mean, we know two guys that are going to start for sure, but uh, yeah, THD and Caruso. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it sounds like it's going to be open competition, which I think is the best thing to have like your best training camp and, and really push guys to continue to get better and have those competitions. Um, so it sounds like that's what training camp is going to be like. It's going to be an open competition and they're going to see kind of which combinations work the best and stuff like that and go from there. But based on what we see with this, the construct of this roster, who would be your starting five on opening night? So I think that the, the three front court players are a lock. I think LeBron and AD, obviously, and I think Marcus Hall is going to start just because he is the other option there to to kind of limit the minutes uh, that AD plays at center, at least to start. Um, and, and he's a guy that can bang against any any big guy in the league. Um, and, and obviously, he, he just really fits well alongside those two. Uh, the guard spots, I think that uh, I have kind of come, uh, come to terms with potentially having a, a different idea than what I think is the best uh, duo. And I, I think they'll be fine, really, regardless of which two that they start. But to me, KCP one is, was the third best player on this team last year. And to be frank with you, I kind of expect them to be the third best player this year as well. Um, 
you know, I have pretty high expectations of him considering the the great run that he had. I'm getting really uh, sick of your Alex Caruso slander. <clears throat> I, I'm just saying. Oh, uh, oh, you're right. You're right. Caruso is going to be the best player. So yes, exactly, exactly. In THC second, you already went up. <laughs> Poor LeBron uh, AD. And then, and then alongside him, I would put Wesley Matthews just as another reliable shooter that can space the floor around uh, Bron and AD and give you that that wing defense. Um, I could I could see people kind of coming up with other scenarios where maybe you want Schroeder out there to start, like he said. Um, maybe that's a, a better combination with Wesley Matthews. Maybe you don't want Wesley Matthews to start at all, but I don't know why you would keep a handsome man like that on the bench. Um, <laughs> But but to me that that is the five uh, the the five man lineup that I think is best to start games out with because you know you always want to start a game with uh, elite really and and I think that's the the lineup that can get them there. <clears throat> yeah, no, I hundred percent agree. It, for me, <clears throat> for a number of reasons, I would I would start. I almost feel like I should say LeBron at the two just because that one tweet uh, really triggered you. But, uh, <laughs> No, like basically LeBron is your starting point guard, right? Um, KCP kind of guards the opposing point guard. And then you have Wesley Matthews kind of take the, the prime uh, defensive assignment, whether it's like a, a Kawhi Leonard or Jason Tatum, whatever, whoever, you know, that, that type of wing player um, mm-hmm. to kind of preserve LeBron a little bit. But, um, yeah, so KCP, LeBron – Wesley Matthews, AD, and Marc Gasol, I think would be the best starting five because you get adequate floor spacing with shooting shooting with from basically all four guys around LeBron, right? Gasol can step out and space the floor. AD can step out and space the floor. Then you got two pretty good shooters and Wesley Matthews and, and KCP. Plus you get a team that can play kind of fast, can play big, um, and can just do a number of different things. And I think – Marc Gasol, I think, is going to be a welcome addition offensively with his passing that I think the Lakers can run some stuff for him out of the high post um, where they have LeBron as kind of a cutter, uh, AD, yeah. you know, around, hanging around the basket, doing all kinds of things. So um, to me, that would be the best starting five because I think you start big, you start experienced, mm-hmm. and then your your bench lineup, man, could be just – fast as hell if you want to go that yeah. route like obviously you're probably gonna in, in like any kind of serious situations like games that guys aren't resting and stuff like that um you're probably gonna have lebron or ad on the floor at all times so it's not gonna be just a platoon swap of five bench guys but essentially your bench lineup if those guys are the starting five becomes dennis Schroeder, alex caruso uh kyle kuzma montrez harrell and Markeith Morris, which is yeah. a team that can switch a ton of things, could be very good defensively, but also you have the pick-and-roll combo of Schroeder and Montrez Harrell, which obviously we saw work really well last year with Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell. Um, you can just do a lot of different things. There's a lot of mixing and matching with the lineups, the staggering that you could do, that this team could do just a lot of different things. And I'm just – I'm really excited for it because, like, this is one of those things that's such a great problem to have where it's like Schroeder obviously wants to start. And I think probably in nights that LeBron doesn't play, like his his load management nights, I would probably – I guess I would consider starting Schroeder just in LeBron's spot. Obviously, you go a little bit smaller on the perimeter with Matthews at the three, KCP at the two, and then Schroeder at the one. But you also get that speed element with your two bigs. So you could do a number of different things. And I think Frank Vogel is just going to have a lot of fun coaching this team this year because if they're fully healthy, there's just a number of different lineup combinations that they could do with with both units. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that might be the biggest asset for this team is that you can mix and match any five layers in, in almost any number of ways. And, and it seems to work out to me, at least on paper. Um, I do think the lineup that that you and I both agreed on uh, maybe the biggest advantage for it is that should be the team's, uh, well, maybe arguably the, the team's best uh, defensive lineup. Maybe you throw Caruso in for one of the guards, depending on matchups. But mm. um, uh, and, and for a team that, you know, like we talked about, they, they really love to get after defensively and they want that to be the identity of the team. I think having a starting lineup that is great at it is uh, just a, a really um, good sort of catalyst for the rest of the game is that you come out 
uh, hit people in the mouth defensively and and kind of continue that for or the duration of the game. <laughs> yeah, and like thinking about if this team gets off to good starts and then thinking about that second unit that comes in that just can yeah. just outspeed the crap out of you uh, is very is very tantalizing because like I said, if the Lakers get off to fast starts and you know teams think, oh, okay, LeBron just went to the bench. Or AD just went to the bench. This is our opportunity. And then you just bring out a team that can run, 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 uh, but also get stops and, and do some things in the half court. It could uh, <clears throat> give some give us some very good results in some of these games. And I'm uh, very excited to see the Lakers just be able to attack teams in, in a multitude of ways. Uh, I, I really can't wait for it. The, the number one thing I'm most looking forward to is having lineups with LeBron uh, playing next to KCP and Schroeder, just because I know LeBron's going to get the ball uh, at uh, you know off a rebound, and just those two are going to go on go routes because they're that might be the fastest uh, backcourt in, in the league, mm-hmm. and he's just going to throw ninety foot outlets at him, and I want to see that. I think that's going to be a whole lot of fun. <laughs> it's it's going to be a blast, man. As long as this team stays healthy, that's the you know, knock on wood. That's going to be the number one thing for this team because I think they're the best team going into the season. And if they just stay healthy, I think uh, they're going to be right there in the end. So um, I'm looking forward to it. All right, we got just a couple questions in the chat. I, I didn't know if we'd have time to, to get to the chat. Keep in mind, for those of you that are in the chat and watching this live stream, uh, or if you listen to this on Podbean or Apple Podcasts, whatever, wherever you're listening to it, um, we will be doing some kind of Q&A podcasts or, or streams uh, coming up. We talked about possibly doing one in the middle of next week. Um, so yeah. coming very soon. Uh, so be sure if you have questions to to kind of let us know um, when we do those. Uh, I want to keep you guys engaged and involved because it's it's tough to do like these these shows and do the chat without the, the streams going crazy amounts of time so yeah uh, and, and i want to add if you have like longer questions that you thought of right now and maybe we're not doing it or you think of it randomly uh in the middle of the night when you can't fall asleep and you're like oh i really want honey and gary to answer that question <laughs> uh i don't know why you're doing that first of all and take some melatonin but number two uh you can always email it to us lakers outsiders at gmail i i check that pretty often and we will hold on to those and do them on a podcast if they're good enough and i have full faith that they will be good enough this is really awkward because i usually wake up at three in the morning with a question that i want to ask you so uh i yeah (laughs) i don't know i feel a little weird now but um, text me you don't have have to send an email (laughs) (laughs) all right uh let's see we got a question from good old bevers uh you think cook will get minutes since dennis wants to start what are your thoughts uh i don't think that's gonna have really an impact i'm sure quinn cook will get some minutes here and there mostly garbage time or for injury replacement reasons um you know he's he's uh obviously he didn't really play as well as we thought he would i think at least i was pretty um optimistic about it uh when he was signed last year i thought he was going to be a decent uh, a decent part of the rotation that didn't work out quite as well but i still have a, a decent amount of faith in his uh shooting ability and, and his ability to to run offensive at uh, offenses at times that you know as your fifth guard or sixth guard depending on what thc does this year i you know i i just <laughs> I saw some people kind of like complaining about this. So here's my rant. I don't understand why we're upset about the 15th man on a championship <laughs> roster, especially when it is uh, one of the most beloved teammates in the NBA and a dude who I think really uh, showed his heart for LA and the Lakers last year and was just consistently a, a model citizen and and was basically just like a Lakers fan living out his dream. I am I'm more than happy to see him back on this team, even if he doesn't play uh, really anything other than garbage time minutes. So uh, that doesn't answer the question, but I just wanted to rant about that. <laughs> yeah, I I'm happy to see Quinn Cook back. I think you know you need good locker room guys, and I think him and, and Jared Dudley, that's probably their primary role in this team is to be you know good locker room guys, tem- team chemistry guys, and. I think I don't remember who it was that brought up this point to me or that I saw bring it up, but a lot of those those pictures that you saw with a lot of these Laker players last year, Quinn Cook was right there next to him. So he's obviously a very good teammate, um, even though they the team bus might leave him behind a time or two. 
But he's uh, he's really good locker room guy. I think everybody on this roster is going to get some minutes here and there, just given the circumstances of the season, the short turnaround, and stuff like that. Um, but you know, that's just what it is. I think he'll get some minutes, but like when the playoffs roll around, I would be pretty surprised if him or guys like Jared Dudley get minutes. Um, I, I would think honestly by that time that THT would probably be ahead of the uh, ahead of Quinn Cook at, at that point guard spot on the depth chart. So. Um, yeah, yeah I, everybody will get minutes just because of the situation of the season, the short turnaround, and all that. But um, I don't think he'll be like a significant part of the the rotation um, when when the, the games really start to matter. So, yeah. let's see. Did you guys uh, or do you guys see AD and Braun changing numbers? Uh, I think it's been confirmed. I think Harrison Fagan actually asked that. Uh, shout out to to Harrison. That they are not changing numbers. I don't know if that's forever or just for the upcoming season, but it's uh, LeBron will stick to with twenty three and AD will continue to be number three, which is nice for the tweets because then you can just you know whenever he hits a three, it gives you that AD three thing. Exactly, uh, that's what they're looking out for. LeBron posted on his Instagram actually today that they're gonna do it next year, but I don't know if he's just doing this thing where every year he tells AD that okay, next year I'll give you twenty three. <laughs> I think he might he might be just just messing with him at this point. I mean, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. So, um, let's see. All right, one question was, and I don't really know off the top of my head. I'm trying to pull it up here, but um, maybe Honey, you have a couple guys that you have circled already but who's someone that you hope will get bought out that the lakers can target um whether it's now or later in the season Giannis Atetokounmpo. <laughs> <laughs> um i haven't really thought about this the first name that comes to mind is trevor ariza uh, in terms of just the likelihood of him being bought out hmm. but i also kind of think ariza's washed up and i don't necessarily want him on the team um but, you know, if it, if it does come to it, I would obviously welcome him back just because I, I love everything about him and, and he's a wonderful person. I'm a little surprised you didn't say JaVale McGee. <laughs> yeah, he's, we could bring him back. He is in a contract year. He could get traded and bought out and could just come back to the Lakers. Actually, does he have to wait a full calendar year? I can't remember if that rule is, like, in effect right now. I think I think if he gets traded and then bought out, uh, I think that negates it because he's been on two teams. But I'm not sure. I I could be totally wrong on on that. I mean, that's <clears throat> one possibility. Um, yeah. I don't really know. Like, I'm trying to look at kind of these lists and stuff, so I don't know who would be eligible to be bought out. Um, I, to me, it would be it'd have to be like a. A bigger wing, like we talked about, or another center, um, just to to give you some insurance size in the middle. Um, where you know, if AD or Marcus All ever got hurt, you'd have another traditional big that can protect the rim and stuff like that. So, uh, whoever comes available, we'll have to kind of wait and see until probably around February, March, when we start getting kind of news about that. Um, it, bigger wing that can defend and or shoot threes. Or um, a traditional sized big guy, so mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah. Let's see. Uh, any chance the pod will have its own feed this season? I, I guess I don't know what you mean exactly by that. If you're asking whether it is available elsewhere outside of Twitch and YouTube, then yes, it's on Spotify and Apple and everything. But, yeah, and Facebook and yeah, all that stuff. Oh, uh, they're asking on UCAS. Yeah, so so we do, uh, what is it, one pot a week on UCAS and the rest of them. Right, so our, our yeah, so we're going to most likely have um, a pot after every game this year, or at least the vast majority of the games. Um, but we'll be doing one a week with UCAS Studios. Basically, we send, we'll send over kind of a weekly pod uh, recapping a lot of stuff or talking about recent news, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, we yeah. have, we do have our own channel, um, but we do send one a week over, uh, to UCAS. So be sure to subscribe to both and you'll get kind of all those. So, yeah. All right. And, uh, we're, we're probably going to try to do some like different stuff with the podcast every now and a while. So if you guys got suggestions, advice, you think, you think you want, this type of show or that type of show again just shoot us an email i read all of them mm-hmm. i have nothing better to do do it lakers outsiders at gmail.com so 
always open to ideas and feedback because we want to make you guys happy and bring the content that you guys want because we always appreciate your support and uh, love everybody that jumps in the chat and and has followed along with us throughout this journey and continues to do so. Um, really can't say thank you enough for that. It does mean uh, a lot to, to not only me, Hani, but just everybody that's been involved with Lakers Outsiders. So, all right, I don't have anything else. If you don't have anything else. Uh, no. Uh, thank you, everybody. Again, we do have a ton of stuff on the website right now. Our guys, Donnie and Walt, especially have been putting in work with Media Day the last couple of days. Um, so, you know, just keep checking the, the website, keep checking Twitter, Facebook, etc. Um, and, and keep supporting us because it's, it's great. And we love having this community with you guys. Absolutely. All right, guys, if you have questions, um, be sure to bookmark them. Like I said earlier, probably here in a few days, we're going to be doing kind of a Q&A stream. Um, so, if you have questions, save them for those, and then we'll kind of go more in depth, and we'll just st strictly focus on answering your guys' questions and going from there. So uh, if you have those, be sure to, like I said, bookmark those and save those for a few days from now. Um, it might be Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll kind of have to see how our schedules line up and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. All right. We're getting out of here. Um, honey, this was fun, man. I'm, I'm really excited to see this team on the court and, and see them get going because – this team could be very, very good and very, very fun to watch. Um, so I'm, I'm very, very excited. But thank you to everybody that, that watched this live stream, whether it was on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, whatever it was. As always, guys, we do these live. So like us on Facebook or follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitch or you can subscribe to us on Twitch if you want to support uh, the site and and you know help us out in that regard. You can subscribe to us on YouTube as well. And if you watch the this on YouTube, be sure to hit that like button as well. That also really helps us out. Um, follow Hani on Twitter at H-O-N-I-A-H-M. Follow me at Gary Kester. Um, and, of course, you can follow UCAST Studios as well. Um, yeah. But until uh, until next time, this is Gary Kester with Hani Hamani and the Lakers Outsiders signing off. Shout out JaVale McGee. Bring him back. <laughs> <laughs>